You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 23rd, 2018. My name is Phil Prosperenreich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Here with you on a Friday. Hope everyone had a fantastic week. We'll be talking, unfortunately, about that thing that happened Thursday night as the Orlando Magic take, took on the Philadelphia 76ers uh, in one of the more disheartening and disappointing and frustrating defeats of the season. I'll break that game down for you in just a moment and some of the larger implications of that loss. But before we get into that, I want to remind you, you can follow me on on Twitter at omd. Of course, be sure to check out the Locked On NBA podcast David Locke sat down with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver uh, for a wide-ranging discussion about several issues in the NBA. Definitely worth a listen and a subscribe to there as well at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. But let's dive right into this one. No use not ripping off the Band-Aid or, or easing into this one. The Orlando Magic stunk on Thursday night. They were bad. Not Memphis Grizzlies against the Charlotte Hornets bad but definitely very bad. And there really isn't, if you know me, I'm an optimist. So when I say this, there really isn't anything positive you can take from this game outside of Rodney Purpose. Rodney Purpose played well. Go Rodney Purpose. This was a bad game in all the ways the magic cannot be bad. It's one thing to miss shots, which the Magic have been doing plenty of. It's one thing to get beat by a better team, which the Sixers certainly are. It is another to get hosed on your home floor and look like you don't care. And that's what happened, in my estimation at least, Thursday night. The Sixers were toying with the Magic All night long. There was a play early in the game where I think it was Mario Zonia tried to take the ball up court and Ben Simmons knocked it away from him, freed it up, freed it up to Dario Sarge. Sarge just easily passed it to to Simmons and an easy jam for two points. There were plays like that throughout the game. Plays where the defense didn't look like they were aware of where players were and they were getting beat back door. Plays where it just didn't look like the Magic were going hard through their sets on offense. Giving into over-dribbling. Not trusting the pass. Plays where it just looked like the Magic were in position to contest shots, to challenge shots, and just he couldn't get a hand up. These are the plays that cannot happen. When I talk about building a culture, when Frank Vogel talks about building a culture, it's not necessarily about wins and losses at this point. The Magic are a bad team. They're not going to win very many games. And when the opportunity does arise, you want them to win games, I would hope. But this is not a team that's going to win very many games. But what you want is a consistent effort. You want them to play to a standard. And there is no sense that the Magic played to their standard or even their basic standards in this game. It started early. Philadelphia scored 32 points in the first quarter. They scored 38 in the second. They had 70 points in the first half. That's not just bad defense. That's a lack of pride. 
that's a team that had let go of the rope, that were not playing for each other, and had just given in to the inevitability of their defeat. You're going to lose games. You're not a good team. Everyone knows this. And you're not playing for anything here in the final 10, 11 games now. But you have to at least pretend like you have some pride. You have to be building towards something. You have to believe that what happens today is going to have an effect on tomorrow. Otherwise, you're just going to get the same results. The definition of insanity, of course, being trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. In this game, Orlando did not get what they needed from their team leaders. Aaron Gordon shot 4 for 15. Nikola Vucevic, 3 for 11. Those are two players that with all the injuries the Magic have to their roster, they need them to step up. But most importantly, defensively, once Philadelphia got rolling, they could not be stopped. And Orlando just was not in a position to stop them. Oh, yeah, we didn't do a good job of uh, uh, stopping their run at all. You know, they were doing whatever they wanted from the jump. You know, back cuts, open threes, open looks. Uh, didn't do a good enough job defensively, obviously. And the Magic were never in the game defensively, as Aaron Gordon said there. Philadelphia shoots 47.2% from the floor, 15 for 37 from beyond the arc. They got whatever shot they wanted. Ben Simmons was floating no-look passes in transition. Every Magic mistake saw a head go down. And the, the Sixers run right back at him. Philadelphia with 32 fast-break points to the Magic's 10. Philadelphia was not perfect in this game. Philadelphia's a better team, no doubt, and Philadelphia has better players. But the Sixers were clowning the Magic. And it didn't matter. Orlando didn't stand up for themselves. They didn't fight back. Frank Vogel picked up a technical foul in the second quarter just trying to beg his team to give him something, to show some type of fight. And maybe they did in the second half. He claimed they did. Several players claimed they did. I'm dubious to that. Because Orlando came out and scored the first five points of the second second half and then seemed to disappear again. Philadelphia took as much as a 35-point lead. A 35-point lead on the road. I don't care how bad you are. That is unacceptable. And the Magic should expect more from themselves. They should hold themselves to a higher standard. Instead, they got a disheartening, discouraging, defeating defeat. These are the kind of games... These are the kind of results that, that do happen toward the end of the season. This happened last year, too. There's that loss to Chicago. But it is no more acceptable then than it is now. These are the kind of defeats you've got to put in the past. And you got to at least play and play hard and give yourself a fighting chance. Orlando didn't do that. Once the game was out of hand, the game was out of hand. And while the Magic's bench did an admiral job in the fourth quarter to cut the lead down to 20 for the final score, a 118-98 deficit, that score is much closer than the actual result of this game. Orlando's leaders did not step up, and so the team wilted. And to me, that's, that's just unacceptable. I don't care what point of the season it is. I don't care what the record is. That is unacceptable and is part of the very culture 
that needs changing right now. Let's run quickly through the stats. Uh, I guess we have to uh, rip this Band-Aid off before we dive into that, that bigger question about the culture the Magic are trying to build and, and the identity the Magic want to at least emulate somewhat. Uh, Orlando had only one starter score in double figures. That would be Aaron Gordon. 10 points, 4 for 15 shooting, 1 for 5 from beyond the arc. 11 rebounds for Aaron. Uh, just a, a strange game for Aaron Gordon. Uh, he was really good in transition, which he always is, and, and and the Magic need to find a way to get him going in transition more and get him really scoring off of cuts and, and, and pin downs more than necessarily scoring the way he's scoring right now. The more dribbles Aaron Gordon takes, this is not news, but the more dribbles Aaron Gordon takes, the less efficient his shot is. It's generally true for most players, but for Aaron, it seems especially true. When he is trying to attack one-on-one, which he did several times in this game, he is not nearly as effective unless he's moving quickly and getting quickly to the basket. Otherwise, he needs to keep the ball moving and find and find a way to get himself moving. When he's, sta- when he's too stationary, he's not effective either. So, just a, a bad game for Aaron Gordon. Uh, a game where the Magic need him to step up. I mean, if, if he's going to get paid this summer, if he's going to be someone that the Magic want to build their team around, they're going to need him to provide a lot more than what he gave in this, in this contest. That's the bottom line. That is just the 100% truth. The Magic need more from Aaron Gordon. They'll also need a lot more from Nikola Vucevic. He had only 7 points and 4 rebounds, struggling with Joel Embiid. 3 for 11 shooting, 1 for 2 from beyond the arc. Um, Nikola Vucevic's poor shooting of late has been a really concerning feature. Uh, That's obviously his offensive efficiency is obviously what makes him a valuable player for this team and obviously makes him uh, someone that defenses have to be cognizant of and be aware of. Uh, And and the Magic just aren't getting that from Nikola Vucevic right now. The Magic just are not receiving the kind of play that they need from him at the moment. If they can get that, if they can get Nikola Vucevic playing at a high level once again, they'll be more competitive. Or at least it'll cover up some of the defensive mistakes that he is making. I, I thought Vucevic was was particularly egregious on the defensive end. There were a lot of rebounds that he let bounce, didn't go after, and another player got to it first. There were a lot of plays where Vucevic just was in the vicinity of a player, did not even get a hand up to challenge a shot. Um, those are the little things that matter. And, and Vucevic is usually better about those things. He's usually better about attacking rebounds, not tipping them and grabbing them himself. Um, but he wasn't on Thursday. He was really poor uh, in that fr- on that front Thursday. And the results, again, speak for themselves. Um, that the Magic just could not get enough from their two star players, from their two key players. Wesley Wundu did a nice job. Eight points, three for five shooting in the spot start with uh, Jonathan Simmons and Jonathan Isaac out for the game. Marizonia, nine points, three for nine shooting, one for five from beyond the arc. Not much to say about those performances. Wesley Wundu, I thought, did a good job staying within himself, um, but, you know, not a whole lot to write home about there. Off the bench, Rodney Purvis leads the way with 19 points, 8 for 12 shooting, 3 for 5 from beyond the arc. Uh, Really just the first time we've really seen Rodney Purvis play uh, a ton of minutes. Uh, He got uh, 21-58 in in the game, 21 minutes, 58 seconds in this game. Um, Did a lot with them. Did did a really good job with the minutes he was given uh, and and scored. And that's what he's been doing in Lakeland. And, And I thought what was really impressive was Purvis didn't score off his own isolation. He worked well off of others. When he got open shots, he took them and he made them. So he played really within himself. And defensively, he was solid. Uh, I thought for the most part, he was a pretty good defender for the Magic. Not a lockdown guy, not someone you want to put on maybe the best guy on the other team. But he, he did his assignments well. And I think that bodes well for his future with the team and bodes well for him finishing out the year with the Orlando Magic. So good effort overall from him. 
Bismack Biombo with 13 points, 5 for 7 shooting, 6 rebounds total for Biz. Um, was active around the basket, I have to say, on offense. Defensively, did a good job challenging shots, I suppose. Um, finished plus 5 for the game, which, you know, for the way the Magic played, that, that says something, I guess. Um, but a, a good game for Bismack Biombo. You know, we, we, we tend to let the contract hang over him, and uh, that's not entirely fair to him. And so he, when he plays well, we should point that out. Maurice Spates scores 10 points, 3 for 6 shooting, 2 for 5 from beyond the arc, all in the fourth quarter with the game already decided. Nice little spark from him, but of course, too little, too late. For the Sixers, they shoot 47.2% from the floor, 15 for 37 from beyond the arc, grab 11 offensive rebounds, 18 turnovers, really the only blemish for them. Otherwise, a fantastic game, 30 assists on 42 field goal makes. They're led by Ersan Ilyasova with 18 points on 7 for 11 shooting. Robert Covington had 15, Joel Embiid had 17 and 9, uh, J.J. Redick had 12 points on 3 for 8 shooting, missed a couple of open threes, so things could have been much worse, and Ben Simmons, 6 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. Um, that does not really describe his impact. He was very, very good for the Sixers all night long, um, really drove the engine. The Magic had no answer for him, couldn't really keep him out of the paint too much. In transition, he was brilliant. Uh, you know, I haven't had the chance to watch a lot of Sixers play this this year. Um, uh, so I've seen Ben Simmons play when he plays against the Magic. Kid is very, very talented, very, very good. I'm, I'm very impressed with what he brings to the table. Very versatile player as well. So um, the Sixers have a very good one in Ben Simmons, I have to say, and was very impressed with the way he played. Once again, the final score, the Orlando Magic fall to the Philadelphia 76ers, 118-98. to Their homestand continues Saturday against Alfred Payton and the Phoenix Suns. Tip-off is at 7 p.m. on that one. And you know, you know, we, we we talk a lot about these big picture issues for the Orlando Magic as as we come to the end of the season, and and we're we're asking a lot of these existential questions about the team. But really, I think a lot of the team's problems. Uh, I, I described some of them. I think in the recap of the game, a lot of these teams' problems boil down to uh, the message that. Frank Vogel gave his team at halftime. The message that was on the whiteboard following the game. You know, we go into the locker room after games and, and you know, typically the whiteboard is completely erased and and, and, and the media doesn't see what's in there. And, and even before games, they'll cover up the whiteboards with, with some of the strategy stuff and, and we wouldn't share them anyway. But, um, you know, you, you, get, you get a sense of what is being said to the team even if they don't say it themselves. But the message that was on the whiteboard after the game was a simple directive from Coach Frank Vogel. Do not relent. Do not relent. It was a message that Frank Vogel needed to raise a couple octaves to say. Because the Magic were relenting. We're giving in. We're, getting, we're giving in to frustration not trusting each other, doing all the things that they cannot do in the first half. And so the message was, do not relent. Do not quit on each other. Do not give in to that frustration. Do not accept the inevitability of losing. Fight back. Fight hard. Play hard. And the results will be what they are. Do not relent. You know, I, th- I thought about that after seeing that on the board and, and, and hearing Frank Vogel talk about it. 
And it really does get to the heart of the matter for the magic. And the heart of the matter for a culture that needs a little bit of a shock and needs a lot of change. And, you know, we, we all got to understand this is, this is the message post-game is that part of changing who we've been for the last six years or, you know, whatever, however long these guys have been there, whether they've been here one year, two years, four years, whatever they've been, part of changing the losing culture is um, not giving in, not relenting in situations where the other team's kicking your butt. So, you know, to me, uh, it was a good opportunity to challenge these guys and, and call something out that's been an issue for us. None of these problems are new, as Coach Frank Vogel alluded to. The Magic have faced this kind of adversity before, and their response has typically been to allow it to fester, to allow it to continue to grow, and allow it to eat away at them. They don't respond the right way. They don't fight back. How many times have the Magic come back from a double-digit deficit? I remember the Ben Gordon game against the Hornets a few years ago. Any others come to mind? How many times have the Magic allowed one bad thing to turn into two, to turn into four, to turn into eight, to turn into 16? And they lose the game that way. I can think of when it happened earlier this week. The Magic want to change their culture. They want to change the direction of the program. And Frank Vogel is certainly able to point out what the problem is. But he can't force the team to play hard. He can't change a strategy to make them play hard or put them in a position to play hard. No. The players hold that ultimate responsibility. And if they're not responding to him, then, you know, yeah, definitely consider the coaching change, which which I'm sure we'll talk about very soon. But at, at a certain point, too, it's been six years for some of these guys. It's been five years for some of these guys. It's been four, three, you know, it's been years for some of these guys. And they don't quite have the accountability themselves. They don't quite have that accountability to make sure they don't relent, to make sure they don't fall into that trap. And find a way to grit out a win. Or grit out just a competitive game. You don't even have to win at this point. You have to be competitive. In the first half, it looked like the Magic were not. In the first half, it looked like Orlando was going through the motions. Like they were sleepwalking. Like they weren't even there. And after maybe an early rush of adrenaline from the start of the game, Philadelphia took control. And never let go. And the Magic never fought to take it from them. So you can watch Joel Embiid shoot a three, turn around, and run to the other end of the court before it goes through. You can watch Ben Simmons throw behind-the-back passes to trailers like like Joel Embiid again. When Philadelphia faced adversity, they didn't crumble. They didn't relent. They kept that foot on the pedal. They know they're the better team. No one's going to argue that. But Orlando allowed Philadelphia to step on them and step over them and step on their throats. And at this point, that is just not good enough for Orlando. At this point, Orlando 
needs more. The very baseline thing Orlando has to give the final 10 games of the season to build any type of culture, to build any type of positive momentum is to play hard. This should be a given. This shouldn't be something we talk about or have to force or look for. It should be a given. I wrote about this and I spoke about this earlier in the year about the Philadelphia 76ers. They may have lost a record amount of games, but they played hard every single night with almost no exceptions. They got beat by 20 routinely, but they made you work to beat them by 20. I think we can all safely say that the Magic have not lived up to their talent ability. There are more talented players on this team than a 21-win team at this stage of the season. Maybe they're not playoff good. There's, that, there's a strong argument for that. But even this team should, have, should be better than what their record indicates. They have more talent, and they have enough talent to keep a game closer than 35 points. And that's where we're at with this team as the season's drawing to a close. Are they even going to play hard every single night? That is a heavy, heavy question. And, and again, that message on the whiteboard, do not relent, is a message that needs to be taken to heart because it is at the heart of every issue facing this franchise right now. And if these guys aren't willing or aren't ready to answer it and aren't willing to show that they can answer it, because guess what? These last 10 games are part of your evaluation and you are being judged for your future with this franchise and possibly in the NBA. If you're not willing to fight for that, then it's time to move on. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You can, of course, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. Let others know what you think of the show. We appreciate every five-star comment to let everyone know how great the Locked On Magic podcast is. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr-omd. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Coming up on Orlando Magic Daily, I'll be talking a little bit about Frank Vogel's future, including an interview I gave to Open Mike with Mike Bianchi of the Orlando Sentinel and 96.9 The Game. So be sure to check that out at around noon on Friday. That's going to do it for me. Of course, I'll be doing my regular Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live on Monday, or I'm sorry, on Sunday at noon. So be sure to tune in for that on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash Orlando Magic Daily. Definitely bring your questions. Topics still to be determined. I might talk a little bit about uh, Frank Vogel's future and where the Magic stand with him moving forward. I'm sure I kind of gave some clues on where I th- what I think about that. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll find something good to talk about. We'll talk about the Magic's game against the Suns as well uh, as this homestand wraps up um, You know, with just three games left on the homestand Orlando with just a single win so far at 1-3. and three. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. Have a great weekend. I'll see you all again Monday for another episode of Locked on Magic.
You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.